All right, Hodgepodge Podcast 19, episode 19. We're almost to 20. How about that? All right, I have Daniel McBride on the phone. He is the bassist for Derek Norsworthy. Yeah, the Hodgepodge alumni, Derek Norsworthy. Been on here a good few times. Um, so how you doing today, Daniel? You doing all right? I'm good, man. Just a uh, second day by day, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Um, I like doing these in a full circle. You'll see how I go. Sometimes I start from what's going on now. Sometimes I start from your childhood, and I'll make a big circle into how it's going now. But I just want to start with now. Um, so you were Derek. You're the bassist. Um, talk about um, before your episode will be the um, new EP of Derek's. Uh, he gave me permission to uh, do the whole EP for a couple months, and then I'll delete it, and then he'll release it. Um, so talk about... The new EP, if you will. Oh man, it's just been a really good uh, creative process out of Derek. And uh, the cool thing about him is he'll come into practice, and a lot of these songs that I didn't even know were going on the EP, I wouldn't know until I got the final version of it. And even before then, he's like, "Hey, we're recording this in two weeks." Oh, great, cool. <laughs> you know, he just he just he runs a hundred a hundred miles an hour, and he writes. Hundreds of songs a year, yeah. so it's, it's really really difficult mm-hmm. for you to pick the right music to go into a CD because sometimes your last choice is the one that everybody really relates to. Right. So he'll uh, he'll come into practice, start singing a song. I'm like, that's really good, man. Who wrote that? Who am I gonna hear it on the radio? I'm like, oh yeah, that's my new song. I'm like, okay, great. Teach me the chord. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's uh he's got an awesome creative process, and we just been. Time to do a process of elimination on tracks, just mm-hmm. like like you saw the other day. Get the crowd response out of it. Yeah, whatever they like, we'll throw it up there because honestly, we don't want to put anything out there that someone couldn't relate to. Or, you know, it doesn't right. impact somebody's life in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. I want to stop you here before we go any further. What he was talking about when he said that, um, talk about the other night. Um, if you heard, listen to Derek's podcast. I'm just going to reset on here. Um, Derek and along with Daniel and all the rest of the band came over to where I'm from, Wiggins, Mississippi, and they did um, about a what hour and a half concert. Um, so yeah, it did yeah. good. Uh, it wasn't that big of a turnout, but you know you had a 50-50 shot of doing good and doing bad. So I mean, we just did bad, but we know what to do and what not to do next year. But um, uh, when you got to now, let's go back to we're at Flint Creek now. All right, just just picture this in your head. You're, you're in. Flint Creek, you, you you pull in. What is your okay. first response when you see it? Well, I really didn't know mm-hmm. like exactly where we were playing. Right. So it, we pulled up and we saw like you know a pavilion. Yeah. In the middle of a, of a park. Yeah. And some speakers set up in front of it, mm-hmm. which honestly at that point, I mean, I, I was okay with it because if you've seen you know where we played before, I mean. We go from playing in a country fest, and there was 25,000 people there. Right. And that was just shocking all. And then we go down to Illinois and Ohio, and there it's kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. 100, maybe a little less, or maybe a little more. So at this point in time, you really just have to, like, humble yourself and realize that five people could see you play, but you got to give them the same show, right. you know, 5, 20, however many were there, well, you know, 20 or 30, I, I, at one point I could see. Those people, you could sit there and make an impact on any one of them. Yep. And that, 
get out to an area where no one's ever heard of you. Right. And and, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of the thing that I, I, I thought about was there was, I think, maybe 15 people that paid or so. It, it was just a small amount. And and, and and I was I was disappointed, not for myself, but for you guys, because I know you you were in town, but you still drove down from Nashville. You know what I mean? To come play this little spot. And we said it was going to be a big ding. But uh, the day the day after I was sitting down and I was like, oh, my God, I bet they all hate me. You know what I mean? I was just like, I bet they, I bet they all hate me because I wanted this. I said it was going to be a big thing and it turned out to be crappy. But I was like, you know what? There's a better end to this because there's 15 people that now know who Derek Norsworthy is. Absolutely. And if each one of those people talks to 10 people. Right. It turns it right. 150 people. Like right. Everybody, you know what I mean? Right. And before you know it, you come back next year and you're playing for, who knows, a thousand, hundred right. people. Yeah. And we're just trying to plant a seed in areas we've never been in before. We, yeah. I've never been there before. So I was like, hey, by all means, let's get our, you know, our seed planted right. here. It'll grow or it won't. You know, you just, like I said, it depends on, you know, I believe in watering. If you plant something, you need to water it. So you need to return to that mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So and it's one of those things where it's not going to be a one-time deal. Right. To come back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the plan is um, tell you here and tell it on these people listening. Um, plan is to have you guys back next year. Um, I think we're going to do it like an annual thing, and I think we're trying to get Justin Moore on, or we're trying to get someone that's not too big, but he's big enough that everybody knows. And then oh, ha- man. Justin Moore is big, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't he, he doesn't get the respect he needs. He deserves. He's he's so okay. he's so underrated that it's not funny. But, um, that's, that's the truth right there. Man. Yeah. I know, but I know I can walk down any of my friends. Um, one of them was like, man, I want to propose to my girlfriend yeah. during the Justin Moore concert. And Justin Moore was like, not even headline. He was like, third right. down. It was just right. Justin Moore, Cole Ford, Brandon Gilbert. No, he wanted to do it during Justin Moore. So, right. So it's just, it's one of those things that different artists mean different things to, to everybody, you know? Right. And that's kind of how it is to me. Justin Moore. Besides, I'm talking about in this era right now. Justin Moore is probably my all-time favorite country singer. That's, I mean, and and you said that somebody wanted to propose at, at just his opening. I went and seen Miranda Lambert. By the way, if you go see her, she is so bad. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to diss people, but the rules are of this podcast. You name drop. You say what you want to say. Nothing gets edited. But I, Justin Moore, you're not supposed to outdo. An opening act is not supposed to outdo the main headliner, if that makes sense. Right. So, but Justin Moore totally outdid. But make long story short, uh, he gave, I think, somebody spent $10,000 to get down there. And, you know, he pulled $10,000 out of his pocket, counted it in front of us, and gave it back to him, called him on stage. Okay. <laughs> That's, <laughs> but, uh. Man, I'd like to pull $10,000 out of my pocket. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I would, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get back on track. Uh, the point of this is we can just go. You know, what I mean, we can talk about unicorns and what you know, whatever we want to talk about. Where at least till we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, man, let it go where it goes. Right. Um. So let's let's stick with the now, and then we'll go to your your, your past or, or when you were growing up later. So, were you with Derek when he released the first EP back in 2014? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I was actually transitioning out of a uh, 
See, before Derek actually got together, we mm -hmm. had like a pretty progressive rock group. Okay. You and Derek or just you in general? Uh, Derek, myself, and Byron, the drummer. Okay, okay. Yeah, Byron and, Cox. Uh, yeah, okay. Would you go back 10 to 15 years before that in the same group? Mason Holland, who plays guitar for us, was actually the original drummer for that band as well. That was Derek's, and Derek and Mason's high school band that they started. So, so you guys are all, you've, you've been friends for a decade. Yeah, I came in at the very, very late part of it. I've been with him about five years. And okay. Whenever I joined, that rock group fizzled out. Mm -hmm. We were really, you know, really, really slow at the point. We really only had three musicians in the group. And Derek took his shot at a, you know, he's, just, he's a songwriter. He's right. not going to put a label on a song, like a genre on a song until you're done with it. And then you can kind of stick it where it may go. Right. You know, like a... Hey, I think this would be a cool pop song or whatever. I just wrote it, not trying to aim for a genre. It just came out, and he yeah. ended up getting some good material. And then he went up to Nashville, cut it, came back down, and we were able to piece together a band off of that. Okay, so and it was all just destiny, really, man. It, it right. was crazy. I'll, I'll have to tell you about how everybody just randomly came to the group, where you have to try out musicians, but musicians kind of just seem to be in the right places at the right time, right. and it all just came together. You can never really put together a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of fall falls, falls on a place. So, what was the name of this band that that, that, that everybody came from at one point? Oh, Lord. <laughs> we, we can come back to it. We can come back to no, it. No, no, no. We, we can do that. We can do that. It's, it's a funny name, man. Okay. It's called Looking... For juice. Juice? <laughs> juice, like orange juice. <laughs> looking for juice. Yeah. Now, did y'all, looking for juice, did they, uh, you got a Spotify or iTunes or anything like that? Um, it, it's on there. You might, you might have trouble finding it now just because, you know. We're, right, it faded we're out. We're to work the transition out. I mean, we still have fans up. Yeah. I have people that come to our shows like, man, I, I, I still play y'all stuff, you know, from, from way back. But it's, uh, right now our, our full focus is on this because this took so much, uh, covered so much ground so quickly that it surpassed what those they did for years and years and years in the other group. Well, but what made you want to go from Hootie and the Blowfish to Darius Rucker? Is, am I making sense when I say it like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love music. Right. And uh, I trust Derek. I mean, that's, he was, you know, grooms me at my wedding. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's like my family, you know. So he's one of those people that if yeah. he was to go into a room and negotiate for what I would be receiving or where I would be staying or where I would be playing for the next 10 years, I trust him to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, whatever he wants to do, I got his back on it, you know. So if he, right. if he came up to me and told me, hey, we're going to go do this. I can't really, you know, that's just what we're going to do. And I'm I'm behind him. It's, it's my job. He's my friend. Right. But I was also telling you, I was like, hey, you're, you're my boss, man. Stop stop sugarcoating what you want me to do and tell me this is my job, you know? Yeah. You're not going to hurt my feelings and tell me to do right, you know? So it was just, you, you the band could have fell into pop and, all, every one of you would have been okay with it. It's just as long as you're playing oh, yeah. a certain genre of music, you don't care what it is. Right. I mean, you have to be able to relate to the song. Yeah. If you're not, if, if he writes the song and I can't relate to it, it's going to be really, really hard for me to play it. 
Right. Because, you know, I can do certain things to either bring a song down or up being a bass player. You're kind of being a drummer as a pulse. Right. You really need to know what kind of emotion a certain part of the song is taking so you can either take it somewhere or take it away from something. Mm-hmm. You know, so this, yeah, I heard the song, and at the time, I mean, I, I really didn't listen to country music at all. And then I started really listening to it, and I was like, yeah, okay, if I'm going to play in this genre, I really need to be able to fall into what this genre, their bass players of the industry do. Right. So I listened to uh, more people like, uh, Toby Kennedy, he's a bass player for Jason Aldean. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. And just the way that he plays and compliments vocal parts, he's a very vocal bass player. Yeah. So I started trying to study that where I could do a subtle thing in between like two phrases to kind of tie it all together but not step on any toes. That right. Makes sense. right. Right. Now, so Derek hasn't released the title, doesn't even know the release date for the new EP, but out of the old EP titled Derek Norsworthy, um, released 2014, what was your favorite song on that EP? Mine, absolutely, she did. I mean, 100% she did. On that, that is, I don't know, I don't know what what it is about that song. It's just, I, I'm a, I'm a sad song person, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I heard that song, even though I can't relate to it, I was like, Jesus Christ, what a great song that is. So what was? I think it's gotta be. Well, I'm like, I'm. A, I mean, I'm, I'm. I don't look like it, but I'm like a romantic type guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, like, if I hear if I hear a song, mm-hmm. I usually try to play. It, this is gonna sound completely corny and dumb, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I'm gonna play the bass like I was playing to someone that like I love, you know, and I have affection for. Probably my second favorite on that album, believe it or not. It, they're just <laughs> so good. At, uh, at my wedding, actually. That, that, was, that was a really nice album. Yeah. Um, so what about the new EP, which, like I said, has no title, no release date. Mine, it, it has some good slow songs on there, but the one that I truly love is Neighbors Talking. You talking about an upbeat, funny song? You, you know that was just that was great. So, what about you on the new one? I'd have to say, David Falcon as well. Right. It's because it was a. Uh, I mean, it's completely true. I mean, a lot of the greatest things I ever did in my life. This might sound you know kind of weird, but were to prove someone opening their mouth when they shouldn't wrong. Right. You know, it's one of those things where I mean. I, Ever since high school, you know, I was pushed down about, you know, my weight or, yeah. and that, you know, anything. And that transferred over to like, hey, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to do this. And hey, I heard he's doing this. I heard he's doing that. Hey, she said that he's doing this. She said he's doing that. So whenever I heard that song, I was like, okay, it's song completely about people opening their mouths whenever they should. Yeah. And I was like, that, that just hits home with me because. In small towns, all you really have is rumors. There's very, very small, concrete things about people. Right. 
But I love the mysteriousness of it. He says a lot of really, really true songwriting in there. Mm-hmm. And some things that some people don't want to hear, but they know it's true. Well, going yeah. on, like somebody going and buying the grocery buggies full of food on food stamps and walking out to a, a brand new car. Yeah. That happened. Like I said, if I get too um, personal, because I, I really have a question here that I just wrote down on my notepad. Um, just tell me to skip over it. But you, um, because if you talk about this, it'll lead to a next topic that I really would like to cover because I haven't covered it yet on this podcast. Um, but as me and you were talking um, a couple of days ago at Flint Creek, you gave me your number and you said, if you ever need anything, I want you to give me a call. No hesitations. And you just mentioned on this podcast that you were getting bullied and made fun of. So if, if you would, go into the bullying. Go, go back to the Daniel McBride, the, the 15, 16, 17-year-old back in high school getting bullied. What? I mean, I know what it's like because I was getting bullied. But just, just, just describe what was going on if you, if you, if you want to, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm open book, man. You, okay. You got to grow from it, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Ever since, I mean, middle school, I mean, really my whole life, I've been an overweight kid. Right. Yeah, Some at some points more unsightly than others. Others, you know, I'm sure before before you hit a growth spurt, you just kind of look like a bowling ball walking around, you know? Yeah. And I had the, you know, the funny glasses, the weird, normal church, you know, I, I call it a church check up, but the normal kid look. Wouldn't say any bad words, straight A, stuff like that. And then it was just, hey, you know, the, the more popular kids would come up to you and just push you down for no apparent reason because yeah. deep down they're lacking something in themselves and they have to boost themselves off, off of a weaker person. Yeah. So then it was, you know, I was overweight um, and I had confidence issues too always had confidence issues, probably until this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get into that, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I played in the marching band. I was a semi, yeah, I was a strong kid. I could, I had, I could have played football if I wanted to, but my mind was 10 years down the road. I'm like, okay, if I don't hit another growth spread, I'll never make it that type of football. Yeah. I mean, I'm five foot 10, you know, it's yeah. just not, not realistic. So I played in the band. I was a tuba player. Yeah. Of course, the most stereotypical nerd instrument, but it was rock. And, uh, you know, going down, I had a an 86 Buick, and whenever I got my license in, like, 2008 or seven, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I never had the nice car. Right. Um, I, you know, my family, we, we didn't have a whole, whole lot of money. I was raised on love, not finances, which is way better than finances, if you ask me. Yeah. And um, people just constantly, man, they just look at me weird. They even got to the point, whenever I was in middle school, 
where girls, like there would be like a certain girl that would flirt with me and act like, hey, that's my boyfriend, that's my boyfriend, just to like make fun of me, you know? Yeah. And at that point, you know, it bothered me and stuff, and it, it got me like depressed, anxious, go home, turn yeah. music up really loud, and just try. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and sugarcoat it, man. It's what happens, and right. if, you, if you're not man enough to admit your weaknesses, then you're a weak man. Right. You know. Yeah. And uh, that that went on and on and on and on and on, and then finally, you develop into the person you're gonna be the rest of your life, and you start to realize that your values and how you carry yourself are more important than their words and their discouragement. Right. Now, I want to stop here because, well, not stop the podcast, but stop right here because I, I know the podcast is um, about Daniel, but if Daniel doesn't mind, there's a, there, there, there is a lot of people in this world that probably listen to this podcast that is getting bullied. Um, oh, yeah. So I just want to take a few minutes of Daniel's time here to um, explain kind of what I went through and kind of, if you don't mind, Daniel. Oh, man, come on. All right. So it, it was kind of like yours, Daniel. Um, I would just get, you know, I was, I'm overweight now. I was then it was kind of like from eighth grade down to kindergarten. I was skinny, but the time I got to high school, for some reason I blew up, you, you know, just, just out of nowhere, it just blew up and uh, people, people are just mean, you know, and, and I look at it this way. People bully because they have something in their lives that's going on that they can't handle. So they have to take it out on someone else. That's a weaker person. Right. And I've always, like you said, I could have, I could have I, I played football, but I didn't. Uh, and, and, and self-confidence really hit me hard. Um, you know, I was, I was never confident about myself. I'd always, you know what I mean? Like I was, uh, and it was kind of like I was a smart kid I was the trivia geek I mean it was I could know anything about a water bottle so you know what I mean a question would come up about a water bottle and, and I would know it out of, out of some odd reason for some reason I would know the weirdest thing about a label on a water bottle or something like that and it got to the point where you, you just want to go home and you want to turn the music up and, you know, say, screw it. Whatever happens, happens. And it was kind of to the point where, I mean, I would never eat lunch at school because it was kind of like, uh, okay, this person's looking at me eat. They probably think I'm a pig. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then, so that, so that put me in a spot where I'm at now, where if I go to a restaurant I have to eat facing a corner, facing a wall, facing away from everybody because in it, and then it would go back to where, let's say if I did eat, I would not be first in line because the people would be thinking, oh my God, he's that hungry. Right. And I, and I wouldn't be last because they're like, oh, he's going to get the leftovers. Whatever I didn't get, he's going to get. And then it was kind of like when you wore clothes, you wanted to wear, I wear an extra large. If, if, Let's say if, because you know how shirts fit differently. Sometimes you have to go to a 2X oh, yeah, right. because they fit small. I See, I wouldn't do that. I would not be seen 
in a different size shirt of what I wore because let's just say if it was long, if it was long, in my head, people would be saying, look, he's so fat, they got to buy clothes 10 times the size so he can fit in it. Or if I wanted to, you know, if you wore something tight, they were like, look, he's so big, they can't afford clothes to fit him. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like it. That hits home because. Right. I mean, even when I, I was playing in this band, I mean, uh, man, I played, I played at, at Bass Fest, you know, and opened for some of the, you know, my greatest right. like, country band that I've, you know, like, was ever able to have a chance to grace the stage with. Yeah. I was playing for Alabama. Yeah. And to this day, I look back at the shirt I was wearing, I was like, dude, you should have got something a little bit bigger, man. You don't look, yeah. you know, like, I look back at picture on what should have been a happy moment. Right. You look back at pictures and you're like, like I met Bobby Bones and I was wearing one of his white. I, see, I don't wear white or nothing like that because I wear black because black makes you look skinnier. I don't know. Yeah, man, that's all I, wear. I don't know how, but some reason it does. And, and I have a picture as my screensaver and I kind of zoomed in out of it because it was kind of like. I'm, I'm trying to place myself in Bobby's shoes and I'm like. You fat so you need to change out of that shirt. That's made for skinny people. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm. I want to get. I've catched that from everybody. I mean, right. You know, even I'll show up somewhere like, wow, here comes Daniel again. He's got a black shirt on. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, after a while, you just wear what looks good on you. Right. And stray away from it. I mean, I'm trying to wear, you know, a navy blue or light blue shirt. I'm just like, yeah, that's not good, man. Go back to that black one. But yeah. Yeah, and then just just a few things, and then I'm going to go to something else because I don't, you know what I mean. I don't want everybody to think, oh my God, this is all they're going to talk about. It's going to be a gloomy podcast. But oh man, well somebody needs to hear this, buddy. I, my, exactly. I mean, Somebody's I could getting bullied right now. And right. They, I, they need to realize that one day that bully is going to be asking for change on the side of the street. And they're right. Right. I could be forty. You, you know, I could talk about this forty-five minutes to an hour, and then talk about something right. else. You know what I mean? Because if they want to hear it, we'll come back. You know what I mean? It, right. I'm, I'm more than welcome to. Right. If somebody says, hey, man, that helped me out, we can do a whole spot on that for me. Too, okay. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, guys, if you're listening, uh, if you're going through the same thing, look, put it in the comments, and me and Daniel will get right on this tomorrow. You know what I mean? Uh, it depends on when you're hearing this. We'll, we'll go back right into it the next day or whatever. Because it needs to be heard. And I'm going to give some advice, and then, Daniel, I want you to give some advice, and then we'll go. We'll get out of this until somebody else wants some more of the bullying. My advice is you need to tell a teacher or just a human. You don't have to tell a teacher because I know snitches get stitches. That's what I was always told. And I was always the one scared to say something because I'd be like, oh, my God, he told. So now he's not, you know what I mean? He's not big. He can't take it. And you need to tell somebody. Uh, I mean, it can get to the point where. Unfortunately, you'll kill yourself. I mean, and it, and it doesn't need to get to that point. But the advice I want to give you is tell an adult also grow up and you be that person's boss. You be Jared or whatever their name is. That's not a guy that I know, but let's just use Jared for, exa for example. You go about there and you be Jared's boss and you, I don't want to say bully him the way he bullied you. But you don't give him, you know what I mean? They could be the person 
like Daniel said, they could be the person begging for change while you're driving a BMW. You know what I mean? Like, and you just want to, you just want to be their boss. You, you want to be better than they are. Don't, that's my advice. That, that's all I got to say. What about you, Daniel? What's your advice for the people? Man, I just, I just want to say that don't give them the, the satisfaction of knowing that you're bothered. Right. All right. Right. Uh, it, it's going to sound way more difficult than it really is, but be strong. And you have a complete control over, believe it or not, how you feel about yourself. It's all a mental thing, okay? And eventually, you'll grow up, and you'll get used to how you are, and you'll either change it or accept it. Me, I'm 25 years old. I've played in a you know, pretty decently up and company like six Pretty, we have a pretty decent success rate right now. Right. And, and I'm still doing things, man. I mean, going to the gym every single day and you know, trying to lose weight to make me feel better about myself. And you believe it or not, your confidence in every other aspect of your life will increase. I'm a better bass player because I have more confidence in myself. I'm right. a better man because I have more confidence in myself. Go out there and be the confident version of yourself because if anyone ever talks crap about you, on they want to be it's because they want something that you have and they're not man enough to have it. Yep. And you could be a 600 pound person. I mean, I'm not telling you to go, you know what I mean? We're not telling you to go out there and lose the weight. We're telling you if you're happy being 600 pounds, you'd be the happiest human being 600 pound person that you can be. Right. I mean, I, I'm not going to either work it or lose it, man. Right. You know I mean? Right. Either work it or lose it. That's that's one of those things. If you're going to be that big dick, work that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Don't be ashamed. If you're going right, to be big, be the most confident big person yep. ever. Because I'll tell you what, your confidence in yourself is 75% and how you look is maybe 15 and the other 10 really kind of floats around in somebody else's eyes. Yep. I mean, the other 10. It's, I mean, that's, I, I, take, I take those odds all day. Yeah. So if you sit there and you can look in the mirror and be like, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go take on the day. Yep. You take on the day. Yep. But if you know that there's some way, shape, or form that you could do something to make you feel better about yourself, then do yep. it. Make sure it's a healthy thing. Don't resort to anything. Don't go resort to eating disorders. Right. Any of those things because then you have a whole other problem to stack on top of why you feel bad about yourself. And that one problem will turn to three, and that one will turn to six. And, and and you know, I see big people all the time. You probably do too, Daniel. I'm just going to use big because I don't like using the word fat because I'm fat. But there's big people out there that will wear what they shouldn't wear. But I'm not the one. I'm not going to judge them. If they feel like they need to wear it and they feel happy, let me tell you something. You work whatever you want. You, you know what I mean? You work what you're wearing. If you, want, if you feel confident enough to wear it, hey. You got my thumbs up. You got my high five. Go ahead and you go do it. Yeah, sometimes I'm jealous of that too. Right, right, I'm because yep. Certainly, man, I wish I was brave enough to do that. Yeah, that dude. You know what I mean? I look at him like, hey, you go, man. Do your thing. Do your thing. Or girl, I mean, it's really bad for girls too. Right, right. Guys, I don't believe that we get as much flack for girls, but look, I'm a firm believer that every single girl is beautiful. Every girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you look in the mirror, don't worry about what those other girls look like, because I'll tell you right. what, 
most of the girls I went to high school with that were nice and popular, they're just as big as you've been as the girls that they made fun of are, you know? Yep. They'll, they'll have babies. They'll blow up. You'll see them, you know, years down the road and like, okay, so you look exactly like I look and you're giving me that. You know? Right. There's nothing against those girls, but if you're a popular girl, leave them alone, okay? Because you never know how your life's going to change. Right. And then one day you're going to be the thing that you make fun of and you're going to hate yourself for it. Right. All right. <laughs> well, I actually kind of feel better talking about that a little bit instead of keeping it in. Ah, so, let's go. Somebody needed to hear that. Yep, I know. That's why I told you to call me, man. I was like, Yeah. Yeah, you get it out of your system because it floats around your head and becomes poison. Right. All right, so let's continue um, looking for juice. Who came up with that name? Okay, I was not in the band whenever it was formed, but from what I hear, okay, okay. From what I hear, he told the story once. He was fighting at a high school talent show, mm-hmm. talent show, and they won the talent show at their high school. Okay. And they didn't have a name. Right. So when the principal went to announce it, he made up a name to make this stuff. <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> so it was like, yeah, today's the word. I mean, it's from Derek. He can come back on here and scold me for saying the wrong story, but from what I hear, like, yeah, the word of the talent show, uh, looking for juice. Oh, that was, I get that, that, yeah, oh my know, gosh. That I, guess, is, I guess they had hundreds of people that wanted to go see looking for these places. They would change their name, they would have showed up. <laughs> oh, that is, <laughs> woo. That's fun. Just like that, you know, just gotta rock it out, man. <laughs> just, just lay it with pride. <laughs> All right, so now we went to the past. Now we're going to go back to um, now, I guess. So you guys opened up for Blake Shelton. How... How was that? Uh, well, he tried to really act cool, you know, because all these people they do that every single day. Yeah. So you just kind of walk around with a straight face, you know, act normal. And on the inside, you're hitting like back flips and freaking out. And, yeah. You know, so you yeah. they're like, "Hey, your your green room's in there, so y'all can go hang out in there. So it's not be the place." Yep. So we walk in, and I see signs on doors, Blake Shelton, Brothers Osborne. We do a little name drop. If you haven't seen Brothers Osborne or heard their music, and if you've only heard one of their songs, get all of them. Right. They're fantastic. And they, they are absolutely amazing live. And actually, from uh, right there in Mississippi, I don't know the exact point, but um, right close to you know the southern part of Mississippi, right there on the coast, their drummer, Adam Bach, is from there. Yep, yep, yep. So, and I just, that was one of those performances I got to sit on the sit on the side of the stage and watch those guys do their thing. And man, you can't So they're up there with anybody right now, I tell you. Right. They're they're the next Rascal Flats, I should say. Okay, yeah. I like that. I'm sure they like that too. Right. Uh so were you the first opening opening act, if that makes sense? Um it was we played uh, Morgan Wallen played. Okay. We were on the, uh, the Nashville next stage. Right. It was us and Morgan Wallen. He's got this song. The uh, Way the I way Talk. I yep. Yeah, yeah. And um, then they went on to like the... Big guys. The other, yeah, the big guys. Right, right. Okay. So, and it was just a, a surreal moment to go and 
you know, in your dining area, because they, they treated us really, really well. I mean, big shout out to Country Fest. Right. The hospitality was, uh, I thought I had an idea of what it would be, and they kind of threw my idea in the dirt and told me I wasn't taking great enough. Yeah. The hospitality was amazing. So we go in there to eat. I'm just going to talk about three. I didn't go ahead. Go. I'm a big dude. <laughs> go ahead. I'm enjoying this. I, I really am. We go in there to eat. who could out of them five people their one guy could be the biggest music producer in the United States that you never yeah. heard of opened up for multiple people. Um, I'm not going to go through the people Derek did on um, episode 3 and then 15, but who has been the one person that has really, truly you know, looked at uh, you've looked at and you said okay, he could have been a dick but it turned out to be the nicest person. While you think, I want to go ahead and tell my story. Um, it take 15, 30 seconds. So uh, my hero mentor, Bobby Bones blah blah blah, point of this podcast is to be on the show. Uh, and and I, I saw him for the first time in New Orleans. He was doing his comedy show, and he had just released his book, so he was doing a book signing afterwards. And, you know, I was like, he's going to be like another person. Like, you, you, he was, he's going to be a jerk because he has all this money. And and they, they say not to meet your heroes because they can always upset you. Hell yeah, absolutely. Well... So I get closer to the thing, and and I, I had made him some guitar picks. I had I, I paid I think twenty five dollars a guitar pick, and I had three of them. So it was just you know it was kind of like okay he can like them or he can throw them on the ground. At least I tried, but I gave them to him, and I said, hey man, I I, I made you these, and he looks, he goes, oh man, these are very nice. Sticks them in his pocket and goes, appreciate it. I will look at them when I get on my bus. And that was, I was like, okay, you know, he's just being nice. He's just being genuinely nice for right now. And so he's like, you want me to sign your book? And so I, I'm so nervous at this point that my hands, I, I don't know what to do with them. So I, I can't even flip to the page. So Bobby, gra Bobby, <laughs> yep. Bobby grabs my hand or grabs the book out of my hands, puts his hand on my shoulder and pretty soon his arms around my whole shoulder. And he pulls me into like a hug kind of. And he goes, 
look, man, I am a human being. He said, I put my pants leg on one leg at a time. He said, but I could probably do it faster than you trying to make it as a joke. And I said, and I said, yeah, man, I, I know. But, and I still couldn't. He said, look, let me see your book. Tell me what your name is. I'll sign it for you. And so he put it to Dylan, love Bobby Bones. And it happened to be my, uh, the night after graduation. And my mom stayed after with me. And so after that, she told him that it was, uh, my graduation present. So he said, let me get that book back. Takes the book back from me and draws a, um, a hat and a graduation robe and he goes this is a retarded looking graduation hat he said but at least you know what it is and i walked out of there you know guns are blazing i was so happy you know it was just oh yeah he didn't have to be like that no he could have just he he could have been let me see your book sign it and leave to, really. right, right. So, yeah. have you ever, you ever had any stories like that man uh well there was only like the, the one. I, I have to have very limited interactions with the guys that you know I get a chance to play with, just yeah. because for that specific reason that I'm not gonna go over there and bother them while they're at work. You know, I'm kind of like I, I try to stay away from them. Yeah. But we had a chance to go play with Three Doors Down. Okay. Yeah. And you know, from where we're from down here on the coast, mm -hmm. if you drive to three gas stations in one day. And two of them, they're going to be playing three doors down. Yep, yep. That's just how it I've is. I've heard it. And it, it, it means people going down the street with a sticker on the back window playing Chris tonight. Right, you, yeah. you, you may think he's being dramatic, but I, I've seen it 10,000. I've seen it a whole bunch bunch of times and then I'm, when I'm down there at Gulfport or something, you know? Right, and then, and then it, it, it even goes further than that. People, oh, you play guitar? Cool. That's what I grew up <laughs> with. And I'm like, let me guess one of the members of three doors down. Like, how'd you know? Okay, I kind of really <laughs> want to, I would like to listen to Crazy Girl, you know, 
at least once for the rest of like you know in mm-hmm. the, the remainder of my life. Please don't be mean. Mm-hmm. You know, please don't be a, a you know a jerk to me. Yeah, yeah. And then the next, we didn't get to see them that day, but because I mean they played so many days, you know, but they had to make an interaction with every band that played them. They they'd be hoarse. And yeah. The next day we got done. And they were right outside about to go on, like, man, y'all did a great job, buddy. Hey, how about y'all stick around? And we were able to, you know, sit on the side of the stage and hang out with their, their road crew and whatever. And every single time they've been able to come back around, and their booking agent and their management, they, they're cool enough to try, you know, we, we get a good opportunity to, to be booked with them. So yeah. as far as the relationship between artists, if you play with someone and then they put you back on the bill with them, then that's what you call a good interaction. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's the main goal there is just to make some good connections and like, you know, it's true, man, if, if somebody was to walk up to me and just like, hey, get out of my way, mm-hmm. then I would probably never listen to their music again and be like, well, that really sucks because all my friends like your music. But I'm not going right. to tell them that. So, jerk because has, has, my, you know I mean? They might have been having a bad day, man. You know yeah. Know? Have you ever had that interaction with someone that maybe you've met or just walked to super supermarket or maybe you just uh, were opening up for them and they were just total jerks? Um, not really. Okay. But uh, I think that's just because, like I said, my social interaction is limited. Right, right. Honestly, if I come face to face with someone that I'm opening for, I probably accidentally bumped into them on the way to the restroom yeah. backstage or something. They're like, oh, sorry, David Naylor. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, sorry, so-and-so. And at that moment, you just kind of, you know, guy's like, I just used the restroom. And hey, man, I know you're trying to use the restroom, but can you uh, right, right. sign this? You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, dude, if I had to use the restroom, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I'd be focused on using the restroom, but it's just... It's just you have to sit there and uh, give them their space, man. And, yeah. if you, and I'll tell you a trick. If you ever do encounter an artist mm-hmm. and you want to talk to them, find out something that they like other than music right. and talk to them about that. And also, yeah. advice for people listening, if you live in the Nashville area, you will run into a lot of country artists. But here are two things that you need to know that if you want to walk up to them, make sure they're not doing these two things. Make sure they're not with their kids or they're eating. You don't. You don't want to do that because you could. You could get something. You know, I don't want nobody to come over there shaking my head and meet and talking over my food. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Uh, and more, more like seriously, like their kids, man. Like they go out and slave away and play shows that they really probably felt like they didn't want to be playing. Right. Even though, no matter how large they are, just to come home and see their kids and their family. And they only get to see so their kids probably them. three or four yeah, times, like, you know? Maybe like a total of know, eight weekends out of the year. Right. I mean, unless they're in the studio, then maybe a little bit more. So, you know, just respect that, that yeah. uh, boundary. But like I said, man, if they're just sitting there and they're you know, at a bar... You know, drinking a beer, which you'll see in Nashville, you'll walk in and be like, hey, there's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting here at a bar. Walk up to him like, hey, man, how do you think the Georgia Bulldogs are going to do this year? So-and-so, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. So, you know, if they're a fan of, like, football in, in a certain area, and you somehow know what their college team is, yeah. talk to them about that. They'll probably just talk to you. And then it's always fun whenever they introduce themselves. This, that has happened where it's like, hey, man, I'm so-and-so. 
So we're going off this topic um, for a little bit. Um, I want to ask your permission while we're over this just real quick so I don't forget. Um, if you don't know, uh, maybe you guys know this listening. Uh, maybe I've mentioned it before. Um, I've written a book. Um, it is waiting to get published right now. It is actually in the works of getting read over and getting the prices. And I've written about Derek in the book, Daniel. And I was wondering... Would I have your okay if I thanked you in the acknowledgments? Oh yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Because that would be great. I, I appreciate that. You don't don't feel friendly to do that. No, no. Let's you, no. you, you, brother. Do whatever you got to do. Look, you, you do, I'll give you the honest reason why one puts you in this book or in the acknowledgments okay. at least. Do you know how many people or friends that I've ran into that could give two craps? But when you came up to me that day in Flint Creek and you told me. Dude, you're 19. You need to keep pushing this and pushing it until you can't push it no more to possibly can't go at the possible limit where it can go. You know, that did something for me. That's like this dude is actually a genuine friend that I know will not screw off and, you know, just forget. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. and, and and the book, um, I'll give it to you the name of it now. It's called Hodgepodge um, for, for those who said I'd fail. And it's just about... It's about my life, and it's kind of like a inspirational memoir, if I should put it that way. Trying to give people hope that, you know what I mean? For those who said I'd fail, you know, you're going to do better. But, yeah, so I'm just going to get that on record. That way, if something, you know what I mean? If something does happen, I do have you saying that it's fine. Oh, yeah. Don't judge before you know them. That's it, man. So, whenever you can go back and be like, hey, you don't have to apologize for what you did, man. I already forgave you. Yeah. That is the ultimate goal whenever you come to those demons that you face and those people that you push you down, man. Just yeah. treat them how you would like to be treated later. I mean, you might not work right now, right, but right. whenever they grow up, everybody grows up. Right. Everybody becomes an adult and realizes they did dumb things, man. I mean, I used to, you know, there was a, a point where, you know, I would treat other kids how they treated me. Right. You know, and I would, I saw one of them actually in a supermarket one time, 
and I stopped what I was doing, and my heart started beating really fast, and I started sweating. Yeah. And I was like, I have to go apologize to him. I'll be right back. Right. And I wanted to apologize, and he didn't even remember who I was. Yeah. It's because but he I, blocked you, know, you out of your, he blocked you out of his life to keep you from uh, destroying him anymore. If that, if if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, this is a really See, me and yeah. you, we're, we're, we're the total opposite. No, no offense to you, but I wouldn't treat people the way that I was treated. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't want nobody to feel as bad as I felt as a person because I know what it was like. And then, like one time I ran into, this is a couple weeks ago, ran into someone that used to make fun of me all the time in high school, which uh, graduated probably a couple years ago or year before last, I would say. Um... And like you said, your, 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 your chest just start, your heart just comes coming at your chest, your beatings, because you, you remember what he did and, and what they would say. And you're like, oh, God, they're going to make fun of you to thousands of people in Walmart. So I get out a piece of gum from my wrapper or from uh, the pack and I put it in my mouth and he comes up to me. And this time I'm like choking on the gum at this point. And he comes over. He's like, hey, man, you mind if I get a piece of gum? And my first reaction that came into my head was, why the F would I give you a piece of gum after what you put me through? Hey, man, you might choke on it. Give me a piece of gum. Right. But I, I did wind up giving him a piece of gum. I wound up giving him a piece of the gum because you can't say no because I was scared dead to say no. He could have beaten my butt right there in the middle of Walmart. Right. But, <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, you'll grow out of it, buddy. Yeah. Um, man, I honestly... It wasn't until the last two years that I was able to think like that, man. Yeah. And that was, I was 23 then. So you yeah. got, I did that for four more years after, you know, you're 19. So yeah. Until I was about 23. Yeah. I would see somebody and I'm like, man, I hope, I hope you get yours. You right. Know? Right. And then at the end of it, you start to look at everybody and not know what they're struggling with, man. They might be going through something in their life. Yeah. Now. That is more difficult than anything you've ever been through. Right. They might have a kid who's diagnosed with cancer. They might have a parent that just passed away. They might have a wife that just passed away. They might have something. So you right. need to realize that in some way, shape, or form, no matter how negative they were to you, you might be the last person we'll talk to. Right. You know? And I want to put this so out there. Instill positivity in everybody's yep. mind, man. You have to stay positive. Yep. If you are listening and you are the person that is the bully... <laughs> You need to quit it. I mean, it doesn't matter if something's going on in your life. You need to talk to somebody about what's going on in your life instead of torturing kids that does. You know what I mean? That does, that has less than you. You just right. need to. You just need to stop it. But all right, man. Let's go from there. Um, I don't want to keep it too long because I know you said your bedtime was around eight thirty. But I just have a couple more questions here. Uh, <laughs> Rockstar lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, have you always played bass? Um. Yeah, as far as instruments that can be played in a band 
band, right, like right, a, right. a rock band. Yeah, I started playing in a youth group whenever I was around eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and I bought my my older sister actually um, loaned me money to buy my first bass, and I paid her back with my like monthly allowance of like yeah. twenty dollars a month, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I paid her back. But then I got into like I said. A band in middle school, I played trumpet, switched mm-hmm. to tuba the last year. Played tuba all the way up through high school. Then whenever I went to college in South Alabama, I played um, tuba. They taught me how to play piano, taught me how to play upright bass, violin, um, some drums. So, I mean, I was, I was in a music school. So yeah. whenever you reach a college level, you really have to be well-grounded and yeah, at least yeah. have knowledge on all the instruments. But mm-hmm. All right, so I want to go completely off topic here. Let's, I know we've been off topic of music, but I just want to get this right here out. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, mm, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> let's put it this way. If I'm about to walk down a hallway, I'm pretty ready to punch whatever Right, and I'm not going to open the door. Oh yeah, I definitely have that fear. Yeah, Yeah, that's for sure. Like, I I I believe in them. Yeah, but I try not to give them the power. You know what I mean? Right. Because you can give. I mean, I'm a spiritual person. You can give evil spirits power by by your belief in them. Right. So, have you ever had any experiences? Um, I used to have night terrors. Okay. And that's about the the scariest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thing I've ever had happen to me whenever that really isn't there, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I, I remember uh, waking up one time and my mom hearing me yell and run across my room and punch my dresser because I th- saw something in like a black robe in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's your typical night there. You, your yeah. body wakes up, yeah. but your brain's still dreaming so it can do whatever it really wants. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a shirt fell off my dresser on my face, so I scratched my face. <laughs> and my mom comes in and she's like, "Oh, I heard you scream, a loud bang, and I came in, your face was bleeding." Yeah. You know? so yeah. It was. I'm sure it was equally as scary for her. But yeah, I've had night terrors for like you know quite a few times. Just you know, little circumstances where you wake up, you see something, and then whenever your mind finally wakes up, it's gone. You know. Right. All right. I have. Two more questions here I've written down, and then, I mean, because we're about an hour into this, uh, probably one of one of my all-time favorite podcasts we've done because we talked more, you know what I mean? We just went more in-depth of different stuff, and oh, this, yeah, this is actually the longest one I've ever had, so I appreciate you making this an hour. Um, never had hey, people man, that do that. No problem. I had fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so have you written any songs now or in the past that maybe Derek or, or someone else has considered, okay, we'll put this on the back burner for right now, but if we run out of stuff, this will be definitely be one we'll pick up. Yeah, I've never really come forth with it because I've only written, like, songs that were pretty sad, you know? Like, right. Whenever I, I mean, if I'm going through a big problem, right. 
in my in my life, I usually somehow it the sorrow and like you know sadness or whatever somehow turns to music just as I'm a musical person. Yeah. I mean, I have a few things, but it never really makes it past like half a page, and then I usually forget it's there because I either a get over the problem or yeah. b thinks it thinks it like it sounds kind of dumb. Yeah. Right, right, right. But um, just real quick, I did. I have written. I, I've written so many songs. It's not funny. Don't know if they make sense. Um, but I've written some. Sometimes in your darkest days, you know what I mean. And then. Oh, yeah. You write some just to make you feel good, and you write some because you feel good. And I sent a put that thing on paper, bro. Right, I sent <laughs> leave, and leave it there. <laughs> right, I sent four or five of them to Derek, and cool. he awesome. was it, it was just his enthusiasm where he was like, "Holy crap!" It, he his exact words were, "When I read it, I didn't see or hear a melody. I saw." The realism and the truth in what you write, oh, yeah. like, and, and and then there's a few of the songs in the book, just the lyrics, um, because I, I can't read music, so I'm just basically a, a lyricist, uh, so yeah. But uh, last question here, and I'll let you go. Um, but when I when I say podcast over, don't hang up because we're not over on the phone yet. I just gotta tell you a few things. Uh, so uh, what is your goal? As of right now, besides besides music, we'll do we'll do a music one and we'll do a personal one. What is your goal in your personal life as of right now? Oh, it's kind of always been the same. Yeah. Um, I just want to be a good man. Mm -hmm. uh, something that my parents would be proud of, really, because I mean I owe them a lot. Yeah. And um, I have great relationships with my parents and stuff, so I want to be something they'd be proud of. Uh, so I want to be a good man, um, a good husband, and eventually a good father. Right. So it's it's um it's all pretty, you know, like stereotypical things that people say, but it's something I really really feel. I mean, I want to um if I get myself into a situation, I and everything in life, I want to be the best I can be at it. So you know, thinking. You know, being being in a, you know going to be in a marriage, treat that person like they're you know like how they should be treated and, and yeah. better than you think they should be treated. Right. And then whenever you have a child, just pour your soul into that child, and um, you know raise them with the heart of God, and um, just be that not so much that person who always criticizes their every single move, but that person yeah. that supports their moves. Because so, right. if they go in a direction that you don't want them to go in, unless it's going to end in, like, hey, I'm going to go drink and yeah. drive home, then, then don't do that. But yeah. if they're like, hey, Dad, I don't know if I want to play football, I want to be in the band. Or, hey, Dad, I don't know if I want to be in the band, I want to play football, you know, vice versa. Right. Support them that. Be a great, I just want to be a great parent that just has an open mind and patience. Because you got to have a lot of patience as a child, as, yeah. a, as a father, so... That's why that's my biggest last final goal because I'm, I'm still preparing myself for that moment, you know. Yeah. So, what is your biggest goal in music? Like, do you plan do you, do do you plan to stay with Derek, or if the time comes where they need a new Rascal Flats member, would you leave him like that in a split second to go, or or are you all 
if Derek makes it or if we make it, we make it. If not, then screw it. I'm happy where I'm at. Man, I can't. I could never abandon them, you know. I could right. never do it. Uh, just, I mean, I play in multiple groups as it is. Okay. But only with the blessing of the members of those bands. Yeah. You know, of course, Derek's got seniority. Yeah. So it's like, hey, man, I have a show on this day. I probably can't play with you on that day. But, uh, let's put it, I'll put it to you this way, man. Yeah. Derek, Derek would never, he, he was, he's had awesome opportunities, man. And, opportunity to do a lot of things but he there's a sense of loyalty between like a lot of our members I mean there, there'll come a time where some members will fade get complacent and yeah. like go on the wayside just because honestly they, their mind wouldn't fight to do their job yeah it's, you know it's a it's a job thing so if you don't have the basic skills to do your job then you you know then they have to find the way you can do yeah but that's the only way I would really be able to part ways is if they were like, hey, man, you kind of need a better bass player. Uh, sorry. You know? Yeah. At, at which point, it would it'd really be, you know, not from there. It'd probably come from someone a lot higher with a lot more control over our success. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, what will and won't happen, but um, I have a loyalty to him, man. As long as he's still putting pen to paper and, you know, still singing and, and, and booking shows and being the most hardworking individual that I know, yeah. I'm going to play bass for Right. Alright man, this has been episode 19 of the HodgePodge podcast. I appreciate you being on here, Daniel. Oh, thanks for having me.